Joining me for Tech Tuesdays, News Talk 1010 tech expert, Carmi Levy. Good morning. Hi, Jerry. Good to have you. I've been telling people that if you bought an original <laughs> iPhone from 2007, you're going to wish you'd bought two and kept one in a box uh, when, when Carmi tells you why. So you're up. Yeah, you're going to cry just like I did because it is up for auction, uh, auction now in the U.S. Uh, the bidding started at $2,500. Uh, this is something that you could originally buy for either $4.99 or $5.99 American based on whether it had a grand total of 4 gigs or 8 gigs of RAM. Okay. Uh, and uh, and it is expected to get upwards of $50,000, and that's real U.S. dollars, not Canadian ones. And I am staring in my drawer because I tend to keep old devices around, uh, and I'm crying because I don't have an old iPhone like, like these people do. Yeah, but the thing Depressing. is that they didn't use this one. Exactly. This is new in box. Literally, somebody bought it, kept it sealed in a box for the last six, almost 16 years. And so and I think that's the thing is that if you really want to get into speculating on devices, A, you're never going to be able to use it. So like you said before, when you teed this up, you're going to have to buy two, use one, store the other. And then you're going to have to make some serious bets about which devices are going to appreciate because it's not just any old phone. This is the first iPhone. This is a moment in history. It's probably the most iconic smartphone ever made. So if you've got a, a, like I've got a Google Pixel 2 sitting around from a few years ago, uh, that's not worth a whole lot, uh, simply because nobody cares. And no yeah. one cares about most smartphones. It's got to be one that is really significant. I think we can arguably say the first iPhone is probably as significant as it gets. Okay, but then if you open the box, and probably collectors who pay $50,000, they won't do that. But if you open the box and fired the thing up, will it work? Uh, it probably will. Like In other words, if, if it hasn't been damaged or exposed to heat or some other noxious substances over the years, it'll probably power up. Will it be able to connect to anything? Probably not, because the networks that it connected to, they, it, it was it was known as 2G. So we're, we're in 4G world and moving into 5G now. The networks that we use today didn't even exist back then. And in many cases, they have been shut off in the years since. Okay. So, you know, basically, so it'll turn on will it find a cell tower uh i wouldn't be betting you know and a portion of my fifty thousand dollars on that at all this is the original iphone from 2007 one more question was that the blackberry killer Oh, it absolutely was. I remember at the time, uh, BlackBerry's uh, leader, J Jim Balsilli and Mike Lazaridis basically called it a joke, saying nobody would want a touchscreen, that the the, uh, the keyboard was the thing. It was a much more serious device, the BlackBerry, of course. We all know what happened next. Basically, every phone now looks like a smartphone, looks like a, an iPhone slab of glass with a touchscreen because nobody really cared about, about keyboards. They cared about apps. They cared about being cool. And quite frankly, the BlackBerry wasn't cool, even though they thought it was. I miss it. Me too. I, I love that keyboard, actually. Now, how old electric car batteries could power the future? This is really cool. So there's a startup in Vancouver known as Moment Energy, and it create, it, it's built this device. They call it the Flora. And, and inside, it's just basically a big box. And inside are old batteries from electric cars that are no longer good enough for electric cars. They still have about 80% of their capacity for charging. You know how batteries kind of lose their capacity over the years? So they're not really that great for electric vehicle use because you really do need a, a, a car that doesn't leave you by the side of the road. But if you're using it for, say, backup power or to replace a generator or to supplement the grid when there are periods of high demand, 
these things are perfect. And it turns out that the, the batteries aren't dead. They can just be reused. No, not recycled, but reused for something else. So it's a lot cheaper than building one out of new batteries. It reuses batteries in cars that would otherwise go to either recycling or landfill. Uh, and it's the best of all worlds because that the RBC expects electricity demand to spike by 50% over the next 10 years because everybody's buying electric vehicles. So we need grid-based solutions that supplement that and kind of smooth out those demand curves. Cheaper devices like these could be the key. All right, and let's talk about um, a story I touched on yesterday, but I'm interested in your take on this. Your phone and camera might be wreaking havoc with your memory. Yeah, and this is uh, research that comes to us from the uh, University of uh, both McGill, McGill's Memory Lab and U of T. So the researchers at McGill say basically if you keep taking lots of lousy pictures instead of from way back in the days of film when you actually cared about it because it was expensive, you took the time to think about that photo. Well, now we're just taking pictures and we're leaving and we don't often we don't even look at them afterward because they're so cheap, so ubiquitous. Uh, and that affects our ability to remember just because we take pictures of things. And I take pictures of the dog food of products I need to buy at the grocery store because I keep forgetting because I'm always taking pictures that I don't think about. So they've introduced an app. UFT has introduced an app. It's called Hippo Camera. And basically what it does, it forces you to think about what you're shooting. So you have to record an audio clip. You have to record a 24 second video clip. You have to tell the story of the device or of what you're shooting. And then you're supposed to reflect on it. And the app walks you through this entire process. That way you're not just shooting and forgetting, you're shooting and remembering. And because the research makes it very clear, the more of these lousy pictures we take, the harder it is for us to remember from one time to the next. The research bears this out. This app could help us. We can't turn on, turn it off. We're not going to live without notifications because that's why we don't have that memory. But certainly with an app like this, it'll slow us down long enough to maybe we'll remember what that uh, dog food is next time we take a picture. Of and it. stop and smell the roses. But there's more to it with that phone. And it is because we can so quickly get on Google or someplace else um, and the, the phone numbers are stored and we don't we, we don't exercise our memory in terms of remembering phone numbers of the people who are important to us. I, I admit I don't even know my, my wife's cell phone number I don't need to. And yet, if my phone broke down and I was borrowing your phone, I wouldn't be able to phone her because I don't know the number. And we don't learn and remember things because we know we can instantly just look it up. Yeah, I blame Albert Einstein for this because he famously admitted that he didn't know his own phone number. Why memorize it when you can look it up? And I think in the age of the smartphone, it's infinitely worse because we and I don't know my kids phone numbers either for exactly the same reason. And so technology has offloaded some of that cognitive need from us. And that's not necessarily a good thing, because, as you said, if your phone goes, all of your memories go with it to a certain extent. And that's kind of problematic. And apps like uh, like Hippocamera can maybe help us get some of that back another would be maybe look at your notifications only turn on the ones that you absolutely need because it's the notifications that are at the root of this cognitive bleed we're constantly being pinged with new stuff that we forget the old stuff that we're already thinking about or working on so turn off those notifications and maybe you'll be able to focus on one thing for a little bit longer all right but if it's take a picture and have an explanation of the picture that is something at which you carmy levy excel uh, on instagram you take great photos and you have great stories that go with them. And now Instagram is saying verification could soon be for sale. 
Yeah, there, uh, there is a, a developer who has done some sleuthing. This is common in the tech industry. You have developers who look at the code, the data code of what companies are about to introduce. And he has found references to things like blue and subscription uh, and verification checkmark in the code. And of course, Instagram isn't saying anything. Meta isn't saying anything. The company that owns Instagram. But this developer is saying he's found it in Instagram code. He's found it in upcoming Facebook code. And he's saying he's suggesting that perhaps that could mean that they are going to introduce a pay for your blue check service kind of like what twitter has still no official notification but i wouldn't bet against it this guy has done this before and he's usually on the money Okay, well, you know what? I don't care enough about being verified in order to yeah, pay me, them. Yeah, me, me neither. I'm not paying for the privilege. And, yeah. uh, and if you look at the numbers from Twitter, almost no one else is either. So I think this is a non-starter. I think they're just copycatting. It's not going to go anywhere. I certainly wouldn't, and I wouldn't advise anyone to either. Carmen Levy, thanks very much. Thanks, Jerry.